0: hello welcome to 52 and 52 a podcast rewatch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and do an episode about it. Uh, This week's episode is about Brigsby Bear. Uh, Anthony, unfortunately, actually saw this movie. Usually when we do these movies without both of us there, it's because one of us doesn't have an interest in seeing the movie. But Anthony saw it and felt deathly ill the entire time he was there and is still feeling deathly ill at the time of this recording. So he decided it might not be the best one for him to partake in. So um, I'm happy to be joined by uh, one of our favorite guests, Hannah Couture. Hannah, how are you doing? Thanks for being here.
1: Good, thank you. Uh,
0: so yeah, so we're here to talk about Breeksby Be Bear, which uh, is a movie that's I don't know, like a, a couple. I had a couple people ask me what it, what it was about, and it's, it's not it's not one of the easier ones to just give someone a synopsis of. It's uh, co-written and stars co-written by and stars Kyle Mooney, who uh, really you'd only know him from SNL, and uh, also has uh, Greg Kinnear, Mikhail Watkins, uh, uh, Matt Smith. Um, I don't or, or not, uh, Matt Walsh, not Matt Smith, and um, and yeah, and uh, Jane Adams and Mark Hamill. So, um, to put it best, let's say it's about a a guy that um, lives in one place for the first twenty five years of his life and is only exposed to one TV show, which looks like it's straight out of educational programming from the '80s, but um, called *Brigsby Bear*. And he ends up going to live into the outside world, and he um has to adjust to being exposed to everything in life when he's been very single-mindedly obsessed with this one tv show for the first 25 years of his life um yeah so kind of weird uh hannah i should ask you first before we uh, get into this because it's uh, this movie is produced by the lonely island guys also um has andy sandberg and so it's very heavy snl influence and i've never talked to you before like are you a big snl person or do you just kind of watch it here and there when you see like a clip you might um- like
1: Yeah, not so much anymore. I watched it, I used to watch it regularly in, like, high school and college and sort of dropped off, because, like, a lot of the people I liked on it left or whatever, and, you know, it's sort of hacky to be like, SNL isn't that good anymore, but, like, (laughs) people have been saying that for 40 years, but, like yeah I, mean, I, it's like, I wasn't really that into it after a while
0: right well i mean there's like that saying that's always like everyone's favorite snl is the one when they were 14 and that's about when i first exactly dis- it's about when i first discovered it and i'd say i didn't watch in college primarily because i didn't have dvr in college and i don't think it was like i mean i guess maybe it started being on hulu around then but i wasn't as into hulu and it was just hard to and watch it's
1: not the same to watch it not live
0: No, yeah, but like I mean, I guess not. And I, I I actually have since I've been more in the real world, and I'm not just always out like in college, partying on Saturday night. Like I'm just sitting at home occasionally, and then I do get to watch it live. And I, so I I have the last couple years. So I've watched a lot of Kyle Mooney and. Uh, when he first came on to SNL, he I think it, I think he almost might have gotten there right after um, Andy Samberg and company left or maybe a year after. So I don't even think they – I don't think they overlapped. And um, if they did, it was very briefly. And he, he they kind of commissioned him and Beck Bennett, who's also in this movie, to be the new digital shorts guy for lack of a better term. And I didn't really like them. I mean, sure, I was biased because I kind of really enjoyed all the Lonely Island stuff, but it was at the same time it was – it just felt very, very one note where, and he, he wasn't doing a lot else on the show. And then they started, like, in the last couple of years, they started giving him, like, a wide variety of characters out of nowhere, and I was kind of dubious at first, but I'm like, wow, this guy can actually, like, do a lot of different stuff. So I was pretty curious when I saw he was going to do a star in a movie, and I knew, like, nothing about the movie going in other than this guy watched the show a lot. Um, I don't know what your experience is like, but I, I'll start by saying that I – I actually saw this movie twice and I really really liked it the first time. And but I was still had a couple things holding me back where I was like, yeah, I don't know if I should have had that much fun <laughs> given what the subject matter <laughs> of the movie is. And I was like, yeah, it's really funny and I laughed a lot of times, but like it's also should be a lot darker than I maybe felt like it was and I needed to go watch it mm-hmm. again. And I think I actually did pick up on a couple of things and I well it didn't it didn't feel quite as uh light and uh jovial as i maybe initially thought so i might have even had a slightly bigger appreciation for it the second time and before we get into the specifics what was your initial reaction to it and like what did you know about the plot going in
1: so i knew basically the whole premise because i know you like try and avoid trailers and stuff and like try to not read about movies before you see them as best you can and i like have no self-control with that mostly (laughs) because i live somewhere where it takes weeks to get movies like so I read reviews when they come out when movies come out in New York or whatever and I actually remember reading something about this when it was at Sundance so like I hadn't I already knew but I'm like not I'm generally not really that um concerned with spoilers and I don't think that this that knowing like the reason why this guy had uh lived in one place for 25 years I don't think that was like that much of a spoiler but it's interesting um you were talking about SNL too because I knew that Kyle Mooney like I knew who he was Mm -hmm. but he joined SNL I think after I had really stopped watching maybe I had seen some of his stuff so I didn't really know that much about him other than that the stuff that he had made like his the videos he made on YouTube or whatever that like got him the SNL gig I knew that those had like a cult following and I had seen some of that but like I didn't know a ton about him
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like I hadn't seen a lot of his SNL stuff
0: no, I gotcha. So, I mean, what, did did you like it?
1: <laughs> I did. Yeah. yeah. I think it sounds like we probably had kind of the same reservations. I really um, and I, this happens to me with a lot of movies that I really enjoyed the first like half hour hour because I thought it was it's a really cool premise mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. But there were parts where I was like, not sure that the tone was right. For mm-hmm. what they're tra- or or that they weren't exactly sure what they were trying to say, that mm-hmm. by the end it all sort of resolves nicely in a way that this kind of situation wouldn't. But also, it's a comedy. I don't know. It's a you know, it's a hard balance. But I did like it. I enjoyed
0: it. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was funny enough that like it could definitely have. Um, I just thought it, those laughs weren't going to go away. Like you could appreciate how funny it was at those times, and it still could have gotten. Even darker, like I, I, don't even care. I don't think it's a spoiler because, like you said, it happens in the first ten minutes of the movie. The guy, the guy was adup- abducted when he was a baby, like still in the hospital and held captive by these people and thought they were his parents. And I didn't, but like I didn't know, I didn't even know that going in. I just knew he'd lived in a bunker essentially. So I'm like watching this show. And I think it took on like in a little bit of an, in, an initial resi- – re- more emotional resonance on my second viewing because I, I fully got what was going on and I wasn't remembering exactly everything that had been on the Brigsby Bear episodes he was watching at the beginning. So then you go back and you watch it a second time and you know his circumstances. And then, then you have a full grasp of what he, what's actually going on when he's watching it. And it's like the characters on the show are like, curiosity is an unnatural emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Jesus Christ, he's being brainwashed. And I, I I don't think I remember as many of those lines throughout the movie on my first viewing to fully grasp it just how messed up it was, what they had been doing to him. And it's not like they just kidnapped him. They had like kidnapped him and then brainwashed him to make sure that he didn't really ask too many questions, if you will. And so I, gave, I think that just made me a little more like, wow, this guy's messed up right from the get-go on my second viewing. And that might have just put me in a little bit of a darker space throughout. So I felt the tone being a little more dark throughout. But uh, and the, and the one thing I thought maybe could have been done better is that he we, – and, we, and we'll talk about his experiences in that first half that you said you like so much. But it goes through this whole first half of the movie where he's adjusting to living life on the outside – but then it – I mean it, it does have a second act where it does decide to start taking things a little more seriously, and he has to go to a, a, a kind of a psychiatry center, a mental ward or for lack of a letter, lack of a better term. And I don't really know if it did enough there because Andy Samberg shows up, and it's like if you're going to get Andy Samberg to show up in your movie, I think you're – he could have played a little bit, bit more of a role in getting James to maybe come to a little bit of a self-actualization more so than he actually did.
1: Yeah, that was – probably the weakest part of the movie Mm -hmm. is when he's in the psychiatric hospital. And then Andy Samberg shows up in basically a cameo. Mm -hmm. He's only in a couple scenes and has like two lines or whatever. And I get that, you know, that's because he was a producer or whatever, but that I, I feel like that section wasn't really didn't feel all that thought out. And then the way it resolves is he, you know, he escapes and they're like, great. And that's sort of it. Like,
0: yeah, so I like, feel like how did you, getting... how, they're like, "How did you escape?" And they just kind of laugh it off, you know.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you're going to use that as a plot point, you need to go further with it because I, I honestly, that those like I don't know five or ten minutes probably could have disappeared and not really affected the rest of the movie all that much.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you know, yeah, and like I said, I think I, I just w- I needed and like the Claire Dane scenes were fine where she, they're meeting with her throughout the movie, but. They didn't really go quite that far enough either. I mean, they were advising him as they would in such a situation. Hey, maybe don't be so obsessed with the show. And but then they all ultimately kind of just go along with him being obsessed with the show anyway. And there is something to that where it's like they can they can accept h- him for who he is to some extent, but they probably should have at the same time had him kind of dealing with what he actually went through a little more directly than they actually did. And like I said, I think you could have gone to those places and not lost some of the fun parts of the movie at all and had them ring false because it's they still put them in some funny situations that didn't really feel all that contrived, so I wouldn't have minded yeah and um but like but, but the, and like i was just gonna say and like you made the point andy samberg's a producer on the movie he's he's a busy guy you know he was probably shooting the new the, the tour de pharmacy thing he had brooklyn Nine Nine, and i'm imagining they filmed this at some point last year when he was promoting pop star like had a lot going on but i don't think it would have taken him that much time to shoot a few more scenes and i would have liked i bet they could have put him in some more interesting situations in, the, in which we've never seen andy samberg you know yeah and just Honestly, dealing with the subject matter
1: that's probably why I was a little bit annoyed about it, is because I'm a big Andy Samberg fan, and mm-hmm. it's like that. It felt like kind of a waste of him. Mm-hmm. It's Like, you know, if you're gonna put him in your movie, use him.
0: Yeah, I, I I will say that like I as much as like I think we're in agreement that maybe the whole thing at the psych ward wasn't exactly the best part of the movie. I I did laugh really hard when he when Andy Samberg asks him. Uh, How are you gonna get out? And he's like, "It's a really complicated plan." Yeah. And they just did the hard cut to the TV being thrown out the window, like that got me both times when like really cracking up. So, um, but yeah, I feel like we've uh, we've maybe dwelled on our on our misgivings a little too much to begin with. So, you you said you really liked the first the first half of it a lot. Like, what 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 about this movie really struck you and worked for you?
1: Well, I really liked um, the the very beginning when it shows this like bunker like compound thing that they're living in in the desert and like I said I knew going in what the premise was so I sort of I got what was happening there there when I saw it there were only like four other people in the theater but they were all sort of like laughing nervously like it was clear that they didn't know Mm -hmm. what it was supposed to be but I really liked the look of those scenes I liked how you couldn't really tell what time period it was supposed to be because it's all sort of like (laughs) 70s 80s looking but like if you didn't
0: but he's on the internet he's on the internet quote-unquote internet
1: right but it's you know it's like a really primitive looking computer and everything is sort of like yellow like and it has he has all these you know brigsby bear toys and like Mm -hmm. merch in -hmm. his room that looks sort of like from the 80s and the show itself is so it looks like um you know something from like the oh, 70s yeah, yeah exactly I, I just i like the design of all of that i'm just i i feel like we talked about this because we talked about how much i like 10 cloverfield lane like if you said something and like a doomsday bunker i'm like fascinated by you're there for that it. sort of yeah i'm there for it. like i i'll watch doomsday preppers like that <laughs> that kind of thing is always a really interesting premise to me and i really liked the aesthetic of this i would have liked maybe a little bit more from mark hamill and jane adams because they're right there at the beginning you know these his fake parents who connect him when he was a baby and mark mm-hmm. hamill gets a couple of good scenes jane adams doesn't really get much to do yeah um beyond that setup and then they sort of disappear for the next hour or whatever um but i thought it was really good world building i liked the way it was all set up pretty quickly and you understood like this guy's routine and the stuff that he's been taught for twenty five years and you understand how he is like processing the stuff that's happening around him because you understand what he's been doing his whole life.
0: Yeah. I mean I it it, it is a nice little movie within a movie for 10 minutes, like you said, and I, I mean, I, I equally enjoyed it and I, it's just weird because I had two very different experiences each time I watched it because I, because my awareness of the circumstances was so much different and I agree, like, I, one, I, I do like her, um, it's like, it's funny because, like, I've never, I, I don't think I've seen Mark Hamill in anything live action besides Star Wars, so. He doesn't
1: it, really do that. No, he much. does a lot of, I know he's yeah. essentially
0: turned into a voice actor. Mostly. And I'm not sure if that was more like, I mean, when Force Awakens came out, like, a lot of people were just... I, I never really consumed that much Star Wars criticism, so I didn't know that he was thought of as a bad actor because I hadn't watched those movies in a while. Um, but a lot of people really didn't think his acting was very good in Star Wars, so maybe he just kind of it wasn't exactly his choice to go do the voice thing. Um, but I don't think, I, like I said, don't think I'd ever seen him in anything, and it was kind of funny because I actually thought it was a good performance, and I was interested to see him do something else, but also uh, I've actually seen her do a lot more than him because like, I, I watched mm-hmm. I watched Hung on HBO, I watched this, like a lot of the Joe Swanberg stuff she's done, um, so it was funny to then actually just have, it's just a, two ran, very random people to have together. And like, like I said, I, 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 do enjoy her and it would have been cool to have her do more, but it was at the same time, just cool to see Mark Hamill do anything that wasn't Luke Skywalker. Um, so yeah. Well, and it's a person.
1: fun, like meta piece of casting, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a movie about nostalgia for something you watched as a child and they cast Luke Skywalker as the person like creating this right.
0: But then he also, so. but then he definitely gets to actually uh, use those voice acting capabilities. Yeah, as you find out. I really like that
1: <laughs> at the end. He does basically like his Joker voice.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and I and I mean, if you just want to talk about it within the context of all the ma- messed up stuff that happened in the beginning, and then that end scene, I actually really like that end scene because while I still maintain that I wish it had, pushed the, it had pushed the character of James a little more and made him confront a lot of what had happened to him more, I think just that he actually shows up there to talk to to um, to talk to Mark Hamill at the end um, shows something in and of itself as to the realization of what he'd been through because I don't think he goes to him in the first place unless he kind of has some – he finally, throughout the movie, he's just like, oh, man, it's cool my old dad did Briggsby Bear. He's, he's like that for so much of the movie. And then at that point, I think he knows – wow, this guy kind of wronged me, and he, and, he, and he owes me pretty much, he owes me something. Like, if he has, you know, like, he kind of has to do this if I ask him to, because then he's just a huge asshole if he doesn't. And I think he'd at least come to realize that. And I thought he was maybe taking it a little more seriously, even if at the same time he still is kind of single-mindedly trying to get the Brigsby Bear movie done.
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked that scene, but I think the the conclusion of it was sort of what I was talking about when I... Was saying that, like, I'm not sh- quite sure what the movie, like, what point they were trying to make because, like, the whole point is that, like, this is the only TV show this guy's ever watched and he's obsessed with it and his life revolves around it. And when he finally, like, gets out into the real world, the only thing he wants to do is make a Brixby Bear movie to, like, conclude the series. And, like, that's what he has to use to cope because it's the only thing he knows. But they sort of don't, like, there is one scene where Greg Kinnear. Um, Who plays the detective who's in charge of his case? He he brings um, James some of the props out of evidence because he's Mm -hmm. like they won't miss these. Like you can have these to work on your movie. Mm -hmm. And James's dad says like, hey, like I appreciate you trying to help him, but like this is uh, like this was a thing used to manipulate and brainwash him, and like maybe we shouldn't be encouraging him to make more of it. And like and then they sort of drop that. And like on one hand, I. I get it, that like it's a it's a movie about movies and it's a movie about like um, nostalgia and being obsessed with something when you're a kid uh, but they sort of don't I feel like they don't go enough into the fact that like this was something that was used to harm him
0: no, I don't t- know totally no I agree I mean and like I said I, I I still I still stand by my reading of the scene at the prison at the end but I agree with you there in that It's just his parents kind of go along with it awfully quickly when he recognizes it there, but then they're still totally okay at the end is making the movie, and you don't really see any kind of come-to-Jesus talk between them and James, and I think that would have actually meant something if you'd seen them have some kind of breakthrough, some kind of realization with him where they they reckon with – where they're reckoning with the fact that they've already acknowledged that it's not good for him, but instead it's just like – we're going to do this anyway and we're not going to really answer any of those questions you might have about why we're doing it. You know?
1: Yeah. So, Um, I mean, I do like, I do like the end scene where he goes to see Mark Hamill in prison and he like gives him the script for the movie and he does the voice. Um, But it, it was also sort of like, like I get that they need that for closure, but I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's a more complicated, that the movie doesn't treat it like quite as complexly as it could have been.
0: No, I, I don't no, know. I agree. It's, hard you know, it's a I, comedy, but people, yeah, people do acknowledge it throughout. And like I, they they mention here and there, but I don't, I think it's just scratching the surface of what you can do about, what, what you can explore about how damaged this guy is. And I, and as I said earlier, I think Kyle Mooney actually is a really impressive performer. Like you can probably, like you said, you might, you, you could probably go on and just search a few random SNL things I could even send you where it's like, you're seeing he, he 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 has some weird range within the characters he can play on SNL and I I think it would have been really cool to see them actually push him more to deal with what he actually went through. If, if even if I get that the movie wanted to get to the point where he completes the briggs fever movie and that's fine, but I think it it is it it doesn't uh it, it just doesn't feel as satisfying to do that when you don't actually think they've addressed all the harm that has been done to him. You know, it's like yeah. it, does, it doesn't it doesn't feel like as big of a victory if you just kind of jump to that point without really acknowledging all this other really heavy shit.
1: Well, I just feel like they either needed to go into it deeper or not set it up so much. Right, and right, like right. if they wanted it to be lighter the whole way through, because at the, you know, the beginning of the movie, they do kind of set up the, the beginning of the movie is darker and then it sort of wraps up in this kind of like feel good conclusion, which is fine. But I feel like they sort of, my one, uh, my one sort of issue with the movie is I feel like they raise a lot of really interesting ideas and then they don't really follow through on some of them.
0: Uh, Are there there any others that are coming to mind?
1: Well, just the, just the, um, I feel like beyond the couple scenes with Claire Danes as the therapist, Mm -hmm. they don't really address like, uh, the trauma of the situation, which again, like you don't want to make it, too dark but i feel like it it's more like oh it's annoying that he only wants to talk about this tv show Mm -hmm. beyond the fact like the um the younger sister character Mm -hmm. who's sort of like a a stock like sarcastic teenager is sort of like oh why are you always talking about this tv show like (laughs) not really acknowledging the fact that um, I was well, held captive for 25 yeah, well, well, years. It's well, the only thing I know how to talk about. Well, the,
0: well, there is one point where he actually says what you just said, and that's actually kind of funny. She's like, oh, my God, I know. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so It was, it was kind of funny when she's like, why are you like this? And he just <laughs> – so matter-of-factly answers like that that that
1: was the biggest laugh for me actually in the whole movie though she's like what is wrong with you he goes well i was abducted so <laughs> like it was a really excellent line delivery from kyle mooney like that made me
0: laugh well the the, the the thing that was the biggest laugh for me and we can talk about the fun stuff too is that i mean i did not know there were that many different ways to deliver the line dope as shit yeah <laughs> and, like it made me like, laugh every
1: time I, yeah
0: it, it made me like and not just like him like repeating it the first time he hears uh spencer say it but when he's uh like when he's just using it in not totally the right way when like they're inviting his sister out to go camping and he's like, Yeah, it's gonna be so much fun and it's also gonna be dope as shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, he says it almost like it's one word. Like yeah. it's, it's it's like a little kid, you know, trying to talk to an older sibling. Yeah, like I, trying to
0: No yeah, oh. No, yeah, and I was just gonna say I I, I also laughed every time both times I saw it cuz I mean the first time I saw it I saw it in Boca Raton which is where I see a lot of these independent movies that it, it get to this one theater that's in Boca Raton about a, a week or two before the theater next to me in West Palm Beach and Boca Raton has a ton of old people so when I went <laughs> to see it in Boca Raton it was at the a friend of mine who worked at my law firm this summer who I, who one of the few people I know that actually would would have gone to this movie and then like th- like 20 old white people um so like he was on the same wavelength as me and laughing a lot and i was worried maybe it's like oh laughter needs company not gonna enjoy it as much the second time because i walked into for my second viewing and the entire theater it's me and like a 62 year old asian woman <laughs> and that's it and i still laughed at that stuff like over and over and over again so like that i mean it's a it's a small thing that they do but he does it so well that like i'm just laughing a ton What did, what did you just think about the whole aspect of him just like being welcomed into that community. Cause I kind of enjoyed the aspect of there just not being a bad guy and just seeing yes. how he existed within that.
1: I really liked the way that was handled with where he sort of uh, becomes friends with his sister's friends and like, like that, you know, she takes him to this party at mm-hmm. this guy's house. And I was sort of prepared for like, Oh, uh, like, you know, movie teens, like there's going to be a like, Oh, what's wrong with this guy? Why are you like this? And there really isn't like, she says to him like, don't embarrass me or whatever. Mm-hmm. But everyone is ni- pretty much nice to him. Like there are some guys that he tries to talk to and they're kind of like uh, whatever and ignore him. But Spencer, who's um, his sister's friend who ends up helping him make the movie, like is instantly very nice to him. Mm-hmm. And like they talk about, like he's wearing a Star Trek shirt and James says something to him like, oh, is that a, like some weird made up term from Briggs and Bear? He's like, no, it's Star okay. Trek. <laughs> and like, so I like that they instantly put them on the level of like, they're both obsessed with, th- they don't have the same references, but they're both mm-hmm. the same kind of, personality where they'll be able to talk about stuff that they think is cool Mm -hmm. i did like that they sort of got right into that without having to have a bunch of kids who are like what's this guy's deal like they just were like yeah we're friends now it's fine
0: yeah i mean it's not like they didn't acknowledge it but they're just like yeah that's crazy that you were there held there for so long and then they just move on you know it's they don't have to dwell on it they didn't have have a lot of awkward conversations and there wasn't a like you said no stereotypical teen bad guy because there is a version of this movie that's more about him just, like, dealing with bullies and then having the friends help him overcome it in the end, which I don't think is as interesting. I mean, the the conflict that does come from when he's interacting with his friends is more self-inflicted, which I think is more true to a story like that, where, like, he, a guy that spends 25 years in that setting is going to have a little bit of a warped sense of uh, right or wrong, and he blows up that bomb. And, I mean, Spencer doesn't stay mad at him for long, but, like, it's understandable that, like, People are not going to be happy with him for that, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean there. There's some kind of conflicts, but it's not. You're right that there's a worse version of this movie where there's more of the like mean teenager stuff, and I'm glad that they didn't that go spends, that route.
0: The guy, the guy that played Spencer was in Spider-Man: Homecoming. I read that earlier, and I don't. I, don't, I saw
1: what, that, and what, I don't remember who he was.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I guess he's just like one of the kids in the school, but there's like he has a so name.
1: Many teens in that movie.
0: Yeah, I can I so, I mean, tell you which one he was. Oh, he's gonna be in the he's gonna be in the Bumblebee spinoff. So uh, <laughs> good for him. He's moving on to bigger and better things. And
1: I really um, liked him in this.
0: Yeah, no, he 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 was really cool. I mean, it's just a, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I just kind of liked that they made it easy for him to make a friend, even if like while not while still acknowledging that this guy is, like, super weird. Like, you mentioned where he uh, made the comment about the Star Trek shirt. That was the other thing that got me to laugh a lot when he just made, like, offhand comments to stuff in the show, just assuming that people were going to know what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. Like, every time he did that, and and just not fully grasping that other people weren't grasping what he was talking about, that made me laugh a lot, too. Like, it's stuff like that where it's not even, like, writing a specific kind of punchline or something of that nature, but it's just the, the way that character is processing things in his mind out loud just like really really made me laugh a lot
1: i i I really like that stuff where he's like trying to have conversations with people because i thought it it did a really good job of capturing that thing where like like i'm always afraid that i'm gonna be that guy and be like talking too much about something that no one else cares about you know and like it got like obviously it's a really heightened ridiculous version of that Mm -hmm. but it's like Oh no, I'm talking about this TV show too much. But it it there's lots of good moments of him like not quite realizing that maybe people aren't interested. But then there's also that scene at the party where he there's he finally gets like there's a crowd of teenagers around him. They're like, what, really? That happened on the show? Like <laughs> at like, what's this? And he's like explaining the plot of it. So it's it I liked the way it depicted like being really fixated on some pop culture thing and like sometimes people are gonna be like please stop talking about this and sometimes like you can really bond with somebody over it
0: yeah i mean i'm trying to think of if i mean i was happy for him that he was fitting in at that party uh before he started doing all the drugs and stuff but uh like i I, kind of could have done without that oh yeah i yeah it it, it, it definitely did not add a a whole lot to any of it Uh,
1: like my least favorite trope i was just complaining about this the other day because it happened on something my sister was watching is that like somebody inadvertently ingests drugs and then like you know and they have the the, the, the the tripping
0: scene or something i
1: don't think that's funny yeah so i could have done without that but
0: yeah i mean I'll, i'll cop to laughing when the when the um sun snatcher uh was like asking the high version of him if he hooked up with the girl i don't know i i, I just yeah that like, I, I, I couldn't i couldn't help but like for somehow somehow laugh at that but then at the same time then i like, immediately questioned myself for laughing at that because i did not know how old the character was supposed to be so i mean like not that it's yeah. not that it's not creepy if a 25 year old's hooking up with like an 18 year old but like kyle, i
1: assumed they were all 18 because they were talking about going to college right
0: but then like but, yeah but kyle mooney in real life's 34 Mm -hmm. And I was like, so I think he's like 33 or 34. So then like, then that's kind of creepy. But then at the same time, I'm like, Okay, well, Matt Walsh and Mikhail Watkins probably aren't quite old enough to have a 34 year old kid. So they, I wish they had said his age a little sooner because then I had that I was, in the back of my mind the whole time.
1: I did kind of this. And I did a lot of like Wikipedia math after I saw this. Like, <laughs> are they really old enough to be his parents and he's playing a lot younger? Like, I guess it's fine.
0: Yeah. So like, I don't know. But I, I was just thinking about that, that scene where it's like, this should be played for laughs, but I'm not exactly sure if this is supposed to be creepy because if he's actually like supposed to be rather young, it's almost like creepy on her part because this guy is like super duper duper inexperienced but then yeah if, if, like if, if if he's actually supposed to be older then it's creepy and the sister ultimately does call him out for that was, which is good
1: yeah it was sort of gross on both sides but i yeah. feel like it didn't go it didn't go that far and then later yeah. there's the scene where he says like uh i can't marry oh, you and God, she's like awesome. no i know like it's fine because the only way he's ever like even vaguely known about sex was like you know the brainwashing like lessons to be like if you do this then you have to get married like
0: (laughs) and i but i was like really excited because i thought that was headed towards like a a super duper awkward scene where she just has to like put him down easy but then it kind of turns out to be like this um sigh of relief that that's all yeah. it was and that's all I like that he had that they yeah just
1: kind of brushed it off they're like great we're on the same page this is awesome
0: like and, and then he's like but maybe we can still on. hook up and she's like no don't even think about it and it, then he's just it, like yeah. okay cool whatever we're worth a the shot and then he just moves on <laughs> um um trying to think if there's anything else uh i mean what did you think of i mean our, our misgivings about the last third of the movie aside what did you think of the actual? movie making aspect of this um and just like the idea of home movies and how we've seen that kind of maybe depicted in other movies versus here i I mean i i I definitely enjoyed it and i kind of enjoyed seeing it uh, played out in the big screen a little bit more even if like i said maybe they didn't get to it the best way
1: yeah i mean there's lots obviously there's tons of movies about making movies and there's tons of uh pop culture about like teenagers who are obsessed with movies and like what they do with it i did like that the because like spencer's whole thing is that he wants to be an animator mm-hmm. and so like and he says like oh i want to go to college for that i like that when you finally see their finished Brigsby bear movie it looks like something these kids probably could have made it doesn't look like too good mm-hmm. um because i feel like you know like a movie i really like but in the edge of 17 at the end when the oh, i was thinking about the, makes that movie and it's like really good and you're it like was really, really? really good, yeah. animated that like i don't know yeah. uh, th- that's what kind of what it made me think of
0: <laughs> yeah i guess the other like yeah so i thought of that and i thought of me and the earl and the dying girl um, which i
1: haven't seen but i knew that oh, it had okay. a similar oh yeah you, you should those. check it
0: out like i mean like <laughs> i don't and that one i was like i that might have actually been a little closer to edge of 17 as far as it, like being really good where this wasn't as professionally well done but it, I, I didn't even really give it two thoughts in the edge of 17 just because it was so good that I didn't even like. I I just like was appreciating it for what it was. And then like that kid, the the kid that plays the guy that made the movie in Edge of Seventeen, was just like so funny when he comes out afterward. That like I was just, like cracking up at the way he just.
1: Oh, he's great. Kid, yeah, I like, like that movie a lot. So, no, but. no,
0: no. I, I no, but I, I don't disagree with your observation about it being really good. It's just it didn't strike me that way in the moment. Like this is too good. But like here, it's like it's a weird mix of like a like a spaceship just coming out onto like the actual, but it looks like a spaceship they cut out of a piece of paper and just mm-hmm. put it on the screen. So it, it is a weird mishmash of stuff that actually felt like a home movie, like you said.
1: Yeah, it actually looks like okay. You know, if a group of people had like some of these weird props from a TV show, and one kid knew how to animate a little bit, and one of them had kind of a nice camera, like they could pull this off. But it's not like it's not too good.
0: You mentioned uh, Greg Kinnear earlier. What do you think of um, that character? Like, you mean he just kind of like joins in it pretty fast? Uh, Yeah. I I
1: like the performance a lot. I'm not sure that the character makes makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, the the Beck Bennett character actually probably made a little more sense because where it's like... You're, it's probably not as realistic for someone to jump in and just indulge this kid like Greg Kinnear does. But Beck Bennett, like, you're worried he's going to turn into the bad guy. I mean, just the way they're shooting it, and then he's just like has more of a normal reaction to it, and he's just like processing what he went through and watching. He probably totally understood the show for the propaganda that it was, and he's just kind of reacting to him. But they don't they don't give that character a whole lot to do after that. But like that was probably a more realistic way of how a police officer mm-hmm. uh, would react to him. But I'm, um, as opposed to just becoming an actor in his movie um
1: yeah i mean i i liked i liked greg Kinnear's performance but there was kind of like you get the like okay yeah like this guy's been working on this case for a long time he would want to help this kid and keep in touch with him but then like there's that scene where uh, Kyle Mooney goes to see him and they're like talking he's like you know like I used to do theater in high school and I was like of course you did like uh, of course that's where this is going you know I did I'm
0: love like, I, I did love when he tried to bribe him though I don't know.
1: yeah <laughs> that was, oh that was really
0: funny he's just like he like was so serious about it and he just it just doesn't doesn't work uh but yeah like, I mean I don't know I, I enjoyed watching Greg Kinnear have fun I feel like in a lot of movies he's just like a, average regular like frustrated middle-aged white guy I feel like I've seen him do that a lot I mean I don't know like I, I just don't think I've seen him do a ton of different things even though like I feel like I've seen him in a lot of stuff so mm-hmm. it was cool to get him see him watch him get a little bit weird even if that like didn't totally make sense um as far as the rest of the performances in the movie I Michael Watkins didn't have as much to do as Matt Walsh but I actually enjoyed him and I I'm probably the minority but he, he actually kind of annoys me a lot on Veep which is a show I love so it was kind of cool to see him getting to play a little bit of a different note and be the serious dude and i thought he was pretty cool doing it um i don't know if you have any opinions on any of them or the daughter
1: yeah uh i like uh matt walsh and michaela watkins a lot like they've both been on lots of tv shows that i like so it's nice to see them in like a slightly more serious thing although i do wish that um michaela watkins had had more to do but um i do like the scene um where they're like in the like home depot or whatever and the guy comes up to him and is like you're that kid Oh like yeah. with the and and he's like can we take a picture and he's like yeah sure because he's sort of like still doesn't get that like people might try to exploit him or whatever and Michaela Watkins like takes it but like her face where she's like okay yeah great he's the kid like you know I I think I like the way that that sort of communicates that like Domi is really thinking about what it must be like for her
0: right now, um, that, that is that is a really good point I didn't even think about that but she gets to do a lot without having to say a lot in that moment for sure um but yeah i think uh i think we've uh pretty well covered it for the most part is there anything i wasn't i didn't think to ask you about or any other additional thoughts you had
1: they, oh i wanted to mention the scene where he goes he tracks down the girl right, who right, right, right. had been in Briggsby bear um who like didn't know that she was being had been told that this was an acting job for like canadian public access, public access. yeah and uh didn't know that she was part of this like cult Propaganda, basically, and he Mm -hmm. finds her working at a diner, and they have a nice conversation where he he, because he always had a crush on her character, and she played twins, and so he's (laughs) like, you and your sister, and there's a nice there's a nice moment where she's kind of like, yeah, but you know, like my name's Whitney, like I was acting, like there's a nice little kind of sad moment where he's like no i get it like i i liked that little conversation that they had
0: but it's nice how even she's like nice about it she could have just been like, that there's like i said there's a there's a there's a different version where she's just creeped out and tells him to get the hell away from me and uh, doesn't quite do that and then i mean they, they skip over how i guess she agrees to come be in the final version of the movie at the end um but then he even makes yeah. the, they even make the joke in the movie about he how he likes her one sister more than the other um yeah. and it was a very quick moment but it was funny how they did that but yeah i mean i've I, I i i i did appreciate that scene for being i mean that that actress has to being be kind of she has to feel bad about it at the same time but also like not put him down um for having the reaction that he does to meeting her um so like i i don't know that that i'm glad you brought that up because i hadn't i'd meant to mention that and yeah it was i mean it was a it was a nice it was a nice moment that wasn't like done in too corny of a way and it could have been really uncomfortable Um.
1: yeah it's it's a nice little scene and i i appreciate the way this movie like there are, are definitely parts of it that are kind of awkward and uncomfortable but i appreciate that it never like veers too hard into that like everybody kind of uh generally is nice about it yeah. and like if he's doing something weird they explain it like nicely that hey maybe don't do that but it never gets like too cringe comedy which I, I was a little worried it might
0: that's what i was gonna ask you about when you started saying that like i mean i'm just not a huge fan of like cringe stuff in no me either I, mean, I can't handle it unless it's done like super duper well like curb your enthusiasm well then i just i i just can't really do it you know it just it's i get that it's for some people like i've been i've watched a few episodes and been seeing many 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 tv critics tell me how great review is and i i, I don't know i just i just couldn't yeah. I, I just couldn't stick with it because it's do, like
1: that's how i feel about um nathan for you i hear people rave about that show and i can't even get through the commercials like yeah. i can't handle it
0: yeah so in, in like uh, this movie had plenty of opportunities to like turn in that direction and it it just and, and it and it doesn't it just does it in more earnest and down to earth and uh, positive way in which it just has an optimistic outlook on how people treat people because it wouldn't be unrealistic for there to be like a couple assholes there but the movie just doesn't want to have to deal with that and i don't i don't mind it not dealing with that you know
1: yeah no i mean and not everybody is like totally nice and understanding but there's never it's it's never too cringy, which i appreciate
0: yeah all right well i think we're i think hannah and i were both in agreement that we recommend this movie even if we think that it maybe could have done some things differently um, to just maybe even make it a little stronger and more powerful overall. Uh, any final thoughts?
1: Um. Oh, just a quick thing is like Go for it. I, I kind. Of, oh no, we kind of talked about it, but like I really, how I really like the the way the show within a show, the movie within a movie or whatever looked, like the brixie Bear stuff. How they have the really like sort of creepy like head where like the eyes and stuff move oh, or whatever. Like yeah. they put the tape in and it talks. And that's really funny. And I also um I read an interview with um Dave McCary and Kyle Mooney where they talked about how like their main inspiration or like one of their inspirations for like the aesthetic of the show was like Splash Mountain at Disney World and like those mm-hmm. Disney rides with like and I was like, that's so perfect. Like Yeah. That
0: animatronic yeah. sort yeah.
1: of sort of creepy thing you see when you're a kid where you're like, I think that's kinda weird, but <laughs>
0: Yeah, or it's just making like making face. Like, you know, I I laughed every time the bear just talked, and then and then when they try and play the um, they try. They just use the it as a speaker. Yeah, they yeah. use a the speaker, and it's like oh, it's opening its mouth, playing the really crappy song and stuff. No, that, that I'm glad you thought of that too, because that was one other thing I meant was just like. Just looking at that bear's face, it just, like, every time it moved. I, like, me and my friend, I saw it with, like, we just we just laughed a lot, and, I mean... Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a no. design thing that I liked. No, yeah, like, I mean, it's cool that, like, a... A movie like it was that detailed you know like you already described everything you liked about the bunker and it had all that stuff there and it's it's always impressive like when an indie movie can like do that many things right i mean it, i mean and look as cool as this stuff does because i mean i can't imagine it they spent a lot of money to make this movie so it's kind of cool that they got it right in such a cool setting i guess they shot in utah and that's not a place you see a lot of movies shot mm-hmm. and if you do it might be in more of a let's go look at the mountains and it's snowy type thing. So I don't know. It was just cool scenery to look at. And I thought it was really well done. And for a first time filmmaker, um, pretty impressively done movie, you know, it didn't feel, it didn't feel amateur, like maybe the movie within the movie was supposed to purposely feel it actually felt like Mm -hmm. a really professionally done operation. All right. Well, uh, Hannah, thank you so much for joining me Uh, before we leave. uh, uh, Where can people find you if they want to go look at your Twitter feed and all your, Uh. all your takes.
1: My takes. uh My Twitter is at h g c o u t u r e.
0: So we're we're, we're approaching uh, fall movie season. So as Hannah likes to say, you might get to see her complaining about movie release dates and whatnot. Um, That's all I ever tweet about. Um, and. <laughs>